The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas, and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Welcome to A Guided Life Podcast, where we talk about all things spirit and life. I'm your host, Laura West. Through a mix of solo and interview episodes, I want to showcase all the different ways the spirit world helps guide our daily lives, whether it's through intuition, signs, mediumship, channeling, the mystical, or the paranormal, our altruistic spirit guides and other members of our loving soul team are always there, ready, able, and willing to guide us. My guest today is Brad Johnson. Brad is an international spiritual teacher who shares simple and profound wisdom through the mystical understandings of the psychic, healing, channeling, and metaphysical arts. Hello, Brad. Thanks so much for being here today. Hi, Laura. Thanks for having me on. Well, I want to say that I did a little bit of my background research on you. I was very impressed with the work that you do and what you've shared with the world so far on all different avenues and platforms. So very thrilled to have conversation with you about spirit. To get us started, I first wanted to ask you, how has spirit guided your life? It's basically saying that spirit and you are one, that there really is no separation to it. And this is what we have to realize, right? So really when spirit is guiding you, it's the true you that is guiding you towards a path that is authentically yours. So really it just comes down to natural, spiritual authenticity. And what prevents us from going there is feeling that the ego has been our voice of truth, and it hasn't. And it really just comes down to the idea of spending time to differentiate what is the ego from what is spirit. So once you understand what spirit is, because there is no demand with spirit, there is no should do this or should do that, there's no identity complex with spirit at all. It's simply the idea of freeness, of being completely and totally free. And life will try to throw curveballs at you and try to feel like you are not free and that you are not able to do these incredible, expansive things within yourself that helps your world to reveal itself, helping you to understand more of who and what you are. And that is that you are able to make everything possible. You are able to bring forward anything you wish to bring forward once you are in alignment with the true self to which spirit represents. So that all sounds fantastic, but I'm sure it's not an easy process for people to get there. Nope. This is why it does take time. Yes, it does take time. Absolutely. For me, it's been 15 years and counting. (laughs) It really just says like, do you want this, right? Do you want to know the truth? And if you do want to know the truth, then you are going to bring about those opportunities to have truth show itself to you. Now, the truth, of course, does not come through any form of physicality. It's just the idea. Can you grow? Can you expand? It's kind of like looking at a little seed in the soil and we're just nurturing ourselves so that we can sprout. We're not trying to 
to prevent ourselves from nurturing ourselves so that that seed dies out. We want to make sure that we're nurturing ourselves. We're becoming this really beautiful blossoming flower. And when we blossom, there's that beautiful aroma, right? So what that entails is that the number one cause to suffering is reaction. So basically how you react to situations tells you, conveys to you, oh, this is how I see the world. This person did this to me. Oh, how terrible. And then you go off on a tangent and you start screaming at clouds. So the ability for you to let go of reacting to life and rather responding to life is you starting to move towards the truth. So how does somebody go about doing something like that. Stop reacting and start responding. One of the best ways to do it is start working with the breath. Mm. So working with the yogis, being able to look into a lot of the ancient masters, being able to look into a lot of the ancient sciences, the ancient teachings, a lot of them will just basically talk about the necessity of breathing, of working together with the breath. And we will notice that as you watch people who are quite stressed out, they very rarely breathe through their nose. They're always, oh, this is making me mad. Oh, this, I'm frustrated. Oh, oh what am I going to do? Oh, right. It's that constant mouth breathing. Yeah. And what that does is that ties you into the sympathetic. That turns you into fight, flight, or freeze. And so what you're learning to do, and this again takes time, but through the transitional process, you learn how to breathe to encourage the parasympathetic nervous system. So you're working to stimulate the vagus nerve. Now, a lot of people actually on YouTube do talk about this, about going into the parasympathetic, about working with heart rate variability, about working with pranayama breath control. And this is helping you to move into that parasympathetic practice where now your vagus nerve is being stimulated. You're going into the parasympathetic. You're stimulating the dorsal vagal complex. The yogis have been teaching this for many thousands of years. And what that does is that gets you into a relaxed, calm, and centered state. As you're in that relaxed, calm, and centered state, then basically you are much more receptive to being aware that you're reacting to things. We're never really just going to say, okay, I'm going to stop reacting. No, you have to witness yourself reacting to something Mm -hmm. before you know that you know how to resolve it then. You have to kind of watch yourself trip over your own feet. (laughs) You have to know that you're falling to the ground. You misjudge a step, you trip and you fall. Oof, what did I do? I just wasn't being aware of my feet. I wasn't being aware of what I was doing. And so what I'm doing is I'm continuing to practice so that I'm being a lot more aware of what I'm doing, what I'm saying, what I'm thinking, how I'm acting. So this, again, is what the pranayama breath control, heart rate variability, stimulating the parasympathetic is helping you to do. It's helping you to be more conscientious of who you are, of what you are doing, how you are applying yourself and being able to make the appropriate corrections so that you're no longer suffering. You're simply being the way to be the ability to forgive the ability to surrender, the ability to be still. This is the true key of moving out of suffering and coming into beingness. And through beingness, this is where you and spirit are one, is when you come into that beingness state. Ooh, fantastic. Okay, we're going to go into that in just a second. But I love how you explained it with how it relates to the physical body. We have to. Otherwise, people aren't going to get it. It becomes a fairy dream if we don't. Ah, yes, exactly. I think that gives it that practicality that people can relate to and understand and say, okay, that makes sense. So I do appreciate the pairing of that. So thank you. Okay, so you mentioned 
all of this leads to you and spirit becoming one and a communication with spirit. Can we talk a little bit more about that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, again, when you are communicating with spirit, like I said, you're communicating with the, the grandness, the totality of yourself. You spirit, see, spirit is not something outside of you. It's not some external force that is saying, oh, well, here's a puny human. Here's the lower self. So people categorize that. And a lot of that happens in New Age movements quite commonly is they categorize, well, here's the lower self and here's the higher self. Here's the physical self and the higher self is so much greater. Well, it's true. The higher self has much more of an expansive view viewpoint, but it's not beyond you. It's not outside of yourself. When you look at the higher self, you are looking at the soul. When you're looking at the soul, you're looking at God. When you're looking at God, you're looking at spirit. When you're looking at spirit, you're looking at consciousness. So all of it really just cross-connects all together. So like I said, the more that you're getting out of your own way, like I said, we work with the breathing. We work with stimulating the parasympathetic nervous system. We work with making the exhales a little bit longer as we inhale through the nose. We exhale through the nose an extra one, two, three seconds. And after doing that for a few minutes, you're just feeling so calm. You're feeling so at peace. You're starting to feel like you are at your center. That's where spirit is. Spirit is in the center, which means a lot of people talk about this too, being present. Mm, yeah. By you being present, that is when you are interfacing with spirit. Because what the present moment also does is it takes you out of time. Time only exists when we're caught up in the past and when we're concerned about the future. So I'm worried about memories relating to the past. I'm worried about imagination about what the future could possibly hold. So I'm either caught up with memory or I'm obsessed with imagination. So that is what's clashing. Those are like the tentacles that are grabbing a hold of you, taking you out of this moment. How long can you remain in the present moment? And that's a question not just for you, but for everybody who's watching this right now. I would oppose to you. How long can you remain in the present moment before a thought comes and gets you and that tentacle is pulling you out of the present moment? Well, when you notice that, that is, again, letting you know that you're moving back into the cause of suffering, which is reaction. So I react to a thought. I'm taken out of the moment. I'm encapsulated in this little bubble. This little bubble tells me of a thought. Oh, what about my partner? What about my career? What about my rent that I have to pay? What about the status of the world? What about all these things? And that's you being captivated by that thought. Now, there's nothing wrong with thinking. Of course, you know, at times we will think, at times we will brainstorm, and at times we will cultivate. And there certainly is a time and a place for that. But if you are feeling so heavily overwhelmed, where you are just on the cusp of a breaking point, this is where you need to incorporate a lot more of the parasympathetic, working with pranayama breath, working with moving yourself into the center, and just starting to lighten the load. And as you start to lighten the load, if you feel like you want to chase a thought, go for it. But at least you're getting out of the red. You're coming much more into the green now. So if you're in the green, if you love to think, go for it. I'm quite a thinker myself. But the whole idea is I work to stay in the green when I'm thinking. If I'm in the red and I'm constantly thinking, then that is telling me, hey, it's about to be a red alert here. You need to settle down. You need to come into your center. And that is what I advise for a lot of the people that I work with is remember to come into your center. Really, the whole key is just being able to learn how to soften. It's how to soften yourself. It's how to work with the breath. The more that you're able to soften yourself and take it easy with yourself and relax and come to that center where you and 
spirit are one. All of these problems that you're going through with yourself are now able to be completely and totally released because you're no longer egging them on by worrying so much about the thought. You're no longer caught up in the past with memory. You're no longer caught up in the future with imagination. You're now in the present where you have now transcended time because all there is is the now. That's right. Okay. So that explains a lot why since starting my meditative practice, I have started to connect more with spirit and pass on messages and all that good stuff. So I love that. Thank you for that explanation. So you mentioned 15 years ago, 15 years ago, what was life like for you then? (laughs) Very different from what I'm doing now, of course. A lot of it was that I was very much a logical guy. I was all about not really understanding so much about the typical scientific community. i believed in God. I just didn't believe it in the way the religions or even how science posed it as well. So I was kind of on the edge between those two. But I never really considered the idea of following a spiritual path or developing psychic ability or being able to go much more deeper into spirit. That was never a goal of mine. It was really just to, okay, be successful, have a good home, provide for the family, have money in the bank account. That was really my driving force. And it wasn't until I decided to do a novel, I started to get ideas about extraterrestrials. I wanted to do a novel more about what was really going on about ETs. And it was that particular situation that unfolded, helping me to move more into meditation, into energy healing, into channeling, into mediumship, into remote viewing, to all these different things, because it wasn't really about the novel anymore. It was just about the idea that I was fascinated by all these things. It created an activation within me. And through that activation, that is where all the things that I am doing right now started to cultivate. That was the benchmark. And that was going back into August of 2008. So right now it has been that uh, 15 years leading up into that point. Isn't that interesting how one idea Mm -hmm. just seems to spark (laughs) this chain of events and now your whole life has changed from the direction you thought it was going. That's really incredible. Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. And basically, in that sense, you have to ask yourself, how bad do you want this? How bad do you want to go all the way? And really, from my perspective, I basically sacrificed everything. I sacrificed everything to follow this path. I had to let go of family. I had to let go of friends. I had to let go of old work. I had to let go of everything that represented my past so that I could shine a light towards who and what I could be in the present. So again, that's all part of working with the thoughts and working with imagination. And I didn't have at all the kind of techniques that I have right now. I didn't have that kind of expertise and experience that I have right now. I really had to do it more of the hard way, but I went through it. I got through it. I had to work a lot more with forgiveness. I had to work a lot more with understanding. I had to work a lot more with the breath and being able to go through this. But a lot of the practices that I offer people nowadays has been a result of that experience. But before that time, no, I did not have these. And it really was much more challenging back in those days to let go of a lot of things. Because like I said, it was sacrifice of everything. Like I literally had to start over. It was like looking at this old foundation. You're taking a light or two and you're burning it down. And that's basically what happens. Like looking at my old house being burned down and saying, you got to be okay with this. You got to be okay with that old foundation burning down because everything you know is burnt down now. And I meant everything. 
every particular nook and cranny, every person that was important to me. It's not that they died or anything like that, but in a way they did. It was kind of a spiritual death. And I had to really reset myself. It was like just pressing a reset button. And it was a very big explosive reset button that took place. And this is what led to me developing a new family, developing a new foundation. Everything was being built. It was like watching this old shack burn down and in place you're building a palace. So that is basically what happens. I moved from an old shack in the woods that was dilapidating, watching it burn, and then being able to develop this new palace. And so, yes, it basically represented a major change. And of course, with a lot of the people that I've talked to, and I've talked to tens of thousands of people over the years, very few people are actually committed to doing that. It's not a long list. There are a few people that may be going along those lines. Like I said, if this is truly who you wish to be, if you truly want to be one with spirit, everything that's telling you that you are separate from spirit has to die. And I'm basically trying to do it in much more of a kinder and gentler way to people rather than what I had to go through because everything in my life was set ablaze. Oof, okay. And you probably didn't know that a palace was waiting for you until you trusted to burn the shack down? You were seeing bits and pieces of the blueprint. So, okay, well, there's a pillar that goes right here and here's the facing of the wall. And you don't really know that you're building the palace. You're basically just building brick and brick. You don't have the big picture until that palace is actually established. And now it's like you're zooming out and saying, look what you built. And I'm like, whoa, okay, <laughs> I did build this. Now, some people may ask, well, Brad, do I have to go through the agony of sacrifice? No. And this is exactly why I'm teaching people this is that you don't have to go through what I went through. I went through that because I needed to start at a particular point. We all have a unique journey. And my own unique journey was basically just watching everything burn down and me starting brand new. And that was how my journey unfolded. But what does have to go is you feeling that you're separate from spirit. Now, we can do that in a very gentle way. We can do that in a very soft way. We can do that in a very compassionate way. But if you really want this, yet you're fighting with yourself, that may involve lighting a match. That may involve burning some things down. Because if you are in much more resistance to following your heart, it's going to be a challenge because you've already seen the light. It's like you've seen the face of God. And you can't get that out of your mind. It's like, I got to pursue this. I got to pursue it. What about my family? What about my career? What about my money? And Spirit always says, you need to stop worrying about all that. Those things will fade away, but something new is going to take its place. And the thing that we fear the most is change. We're afraid that those changes are going to completely annihilate everything that we know pertaining to our identity. And what's happening is that identity of who and what you think you are is false in the first place. So it needs to go. So like I said, it depends on the person. It can be kind. It can be gentle. It can be soft if the person is willing to make these changes. If they're having much more of a difficult time making these changes, but they know they want to go for it, then it's going to be more of an uphill climb. So it really just depends on the person who I'm working with. But it's kind of like I'm seeing myself as a co-pilot for that person right there in the cockpit. They're in the pilot's chair. They're plotting the course. They already got the flight plan. All I'm doing is helping them to get there. So with a lot of people I worked with, there's times too where I have to say, okay, we have to basically let this family member go. It's not to say you'll never speak to them again, but they are basically causing you to feel so upset that you're not allowing yourself to move forward. You have to let them be for a time. And some people have done that. Some people couldn't bear that. And they had to go their own 
wrong way. And I said, okay, well, until you make that decision, there's not much else I can do for you. Some people, like I said, are able to let that go and say, okay, I had to let go of my mom because I felt like I was just traumatized by her so much. And I felt like I wanted her to make an apology. So here's the whole idea is we always want to cast our own image on the world. We always want to create our earth and for it to follow our image. Guess what? Earth's never going to do that. So what you need to do is dissolve that image. It's not to say that you cannot go through something that you feel will be quite agreeable to you, but you got to let the earth work with you as a partnership. For example, this is not Brad reigning supreme over the earth, sitting on a major throne, shining this light where the earth will do my bidding. We have dark elites that are doing that. And that is exactly why they're falling, because they have tried to cast an image upon this earth. And the earth will not allow any image upon her other than her own image. So what you have to learn to do is learn to be humble. You have to learn to be centered. You have to learn to know that spirit and you are one. So like I said, it just depends on the person, a person who realizes, okay, I do have to let this go. I do have to let go of this relationship. I do have to let go of this job because I see how it's eating me alive. Yes. And that is the idea. It doesn't have to be a sacrifice, but it's the idea that you're letting it go. You're releasing it. As you release it, there is a substitution that comes together. So this is where I say it is more about substitution than what has to be sacrifice. Hopefully we don't have to go through sacrifice, but sometimes people do. But my goal is to work together with substituting. Here's something better for something than what you were going with. But when you learn to let it all go, those greater things just come to you because you're now moving yourself up into the alignment of a higher plateau where those greater things are now available to you. If we don't go there, and it's kind of like trying to bash down an impregnable gate. <laughs> you have a two by four and you're trying to smash the gate open. Can't it's impregnable. It's until you basically drop the sword and shield, you drop the barricade, and you just surrender, and you let it go, and you raise up to the plateau above the gate. Now all these beautiful things come to you, and that's what I'm attempting to teach people. So we'll make sure to put in the show notes all the links for people to connect with you if this is something that resonates with them and they want to explore further with you. So that will all be in the show notes. Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas, and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. So I wanted to ask you, Brad, in regards to work that you do with the spirit world and the messages that you get through, can you talk a bit more about what the spirit world has shown you and taught you? We're on the brink of something phenomenal. We're on the brink of a whole new world that is so sensational. If I basically tried to explain it to people, they would in no way believe me. We're talking about the idea of the end of money. We're talking about the idea of the end of poverty. We're talking about the idea of everything that has brought pain and suffering to this world. All of that's coming to an end. And if I told that to people, oh, come on, bro, that's like a pipe dream. You're like, a, are you smoking something? What's going on here? 
And this is why, again, it's really hard to share about those things because really when you're living as spirit, there's so much more than this world that you're being shown. But that's basically what's happening, saying, well, you have to kind of look at it like Earth has had a disease. And this disease have been people who have tried to control everything. They've tried to cast their own image upon this planet, and they will go to endless lengths to try to make sure that this is fulfilled. So they will create disasters. They will create agendas. They will create operations. They will create psyops, and they will do all these things possible to try and make this happen, but they're constantly getting denied. Now, you have to look at it that a lot of these top elitists who basically have endless resources at their disposal, if they are unable to place that image on top of the planet, do you think you have a chance? So it's looking at these people who have billions, trillions of dollars. They have access to so many resources. They've covered every single base in the physical plane, the astral plane, everything. And they have tried to manipulate this grid and create this grid. But the counter forces that represent the complete conscience of the earth is stripping all of this down and saying, no, you cannot put a particular image of an ego on top of the earth that through her heart is spirit. You can't put an image over spirit. It would just melt away. So again, it's just a reminder that if you have these oligarchs, if you have these elitist masterminds, so to speak, who have been spending thousands and thousands of years trying to impose their image on this planet without success, do you think that you're able to do that? That's something you have to realize. And this is where you need to surrender those ideas of trying to make the earth your world, of trying to put her in your image, because that's exactly what tyrants have tried to do for many thousands of years. Every single one of them have failed and they have had no offense, way more resources than you. They have been much more ruthless than you, and they have had more connections to all of these different facets of life than you could ever imagine. And they couldn't do it. So really take that into consideration. The greatest way that you will strive, that you will succeed, is through the ability of dropping the images, of thinking that this is your world when it's not. Let the earth work with you. Let this be a partnership. Let this be a union. Get to appreciate this body that you're in. Get to appreciate everything that the mind is because these are support systems. But realize that really what you're doing is you're trying to get all of your proverbial ducks in a row. You're basically looking to secure a harmony with the body, a harmony with the mind, a harmony with all of life. And if you can do that, you will know God. And that's what it takes. It's being able to just make peace with everything. I'm still going through those challenges myself, but it certainly is becoming a lot more easier as you realize the importance of being present, sure, yeah. of being centered, and of just doing this work all the time. And I really, really call it work. It's being able to live. It's living in beingness and doing it as frequently as possible. Yeah. So this brings me to want to ask you about channeling. I know you channel... And correct me if I'm wrong, do you channel a group, a collective? I do. Okay. But it's more so that it is a representative, representative. of a collective. Now, okay. It's not really that I'm here and he's here. It's the idea that there has really been an integration process, especially going through these near 15 years of me connecting with him, the one known as Adronis, and being able to just integrate completely my personality with his. And so there's a molding right now. That's It's not the idea of thinking that I'm here and he's out there. It's very much an idea that there's that oneness. There's that integration that's come together. So yes, there's times where I'll just go 
into that state, I'll bring him through. And like I said, his information has always been profound. It's kind of like tuning into a universal encyclopedia and doing what I can as a translator to translate a lot of what he is sharing. Because sometimes I can't do it because it can be very, very sophisticated. So you basically have to make do with what you know. Sure. How did you meet Adronis? Well, I started looking into channeling back in 2008 because that was something that was interesting to me because that was part of the novel I was looking into because a lot of people say, well, you know, there's people who can connect with these beings, connect with these entities, these extraterrestrials, and many of them are human like us or human or humanoid. And they all believe in a one infinite creator. And that if you go through meditation, you go through channeling, you can learn how to connect with them. And that was profound to me. And I never had imagined that. So I really was just so profound by all these discoveries that I decided to put the book aside and start going into meditation. And through meditation, I started to meet other people who were channelers, psychics, intuitives, black ops community personnel, people who used to be in the military, who are doing remote viewing programs, psychic programs, and all that way. So I, I've talked to quite a lot of people over that time. And I started getting an idea about what they do, about what their process is. And I would kind of trim away the fat. And I would would look at the core of what they did and I would apply it through myself this is what I've always done. I don't just blindly follow something that a person does. I really look at it through a streamline to see exactly what they're doing. I say, okay, this doesn't need to be here. So I cut that away. This doesn't need to be here. So I cut that away. And I would look at the idea of several people and then just trimming the fat. And all I'm left with is the heart. And I would work with that heart and I would add my heart to it and I'd make it brighter and brighter and, and shine even more radiantly. And so I'd apply that to myself. So I basically could say I created my own ability to channel. I created my own ability to meditate. I created my own ability to remote view, to access the Akashic records and so forth. So all of that has really come through my own imprint. I see what other people do and I say, okay, this is good. Yeah, there's some good stuff here, but let's just trim this up. It, it may work for somebody else. It doesn't work for me. And so I trim the fat. And all that remains is that core. And so going into these states, before Adronos came along, I was communicating with a few other collective consciousnesses, right? Some were in the Pleiades, some were in Lyra, Octurus, etc. But then again, a friend of mine who was also a channeler just came along and said, hey, you know what, Brad, you have very strong connections with the star of Sirius. And I feel like there is a contact there who's trying to get a hold of you. And I'm just being guided to give you this message. And so maybe you could channel and connect with him and see what's going on. Like, okay, sure. So I went ahead and I did it. And lo and behold, the Dronus came in. And the flow was so flawless. It was so seamless. It was so quick. He just came through like a bolt of lightning. And the flow of what he was saying to me was so smooth and so clean and so beautiful that it really just led into us working together. It's just the idea of Brad, I'm a future version of you 297 years in the future. I've come back at this time to assist you in your own spiritual growth. And if you decide to work together with me, you're going to help others to spiritually evolve together with you. Is this something that you want to do? So it led to that agreement. And before I know it, I was starting to communicate with him. And it was really through me talking with him that helped me to move forward out of big lumps out of my life so that I could do this a lot more full time. And that's what it led to. Like I said, it was me watching the old shack in the bush burned down. It was very painful at first, but afterwards, you know that this is something that was a greater purpose because like I said, you're not going to be able to see the whole bird's eye view of the yeah, blueprint. Yeah. You're only going to see it brick by brick as sure. you build it, right? It's kind of like that old movie that says, build it and they will come <laughs> yeah. as you build it. So they will come, that old baseball movie. <laughs> so that's basically what it was. You have to build it brick by brick and they will come, they being just you. And you're moving those facets together. As you build it, they will come. Why did Adronis come to you 
now in this lifetime. I know it's to help the collective consciousness, but what's happening now for them to come now? No, it really wasn't to help the collective consciousness mm. at all. That's not okay. Adronis's business and that's not mine either. It really came through because this is what we agreed upon. It was really what we agreed upon altogether because he is me and I am him. We are thus one soul in that way. So he came through together because I was in the alignment for him to come together. Oh, I see. Kind of like if you have a radio dial and you're tuning into a radio station, all of a sudden you get the broadcast. And that's exactly what happened. This is not about the idea that Brad's on some savior mission. It's nothing about that. No one here is on a savior mission. And so the whole idea idea is that you're doing this to expand. You're doing this to move yourself into a greater heightening of yourself. Now, you can assist other people along the way, but you're not here to have some sort of messianic complex and thinking that you're here to say that I'm going to make people like that. I said, guys, you need to get out of that delusion, really. It's good to help people. That's not why you're here. It's a privilege to help others. But really what you're doing is, like I said, you're tuning that dial and you're expanding yourself further. Helping other people is a luxury. And it's a nice luxury because what it's helping you to do, it's helping you to reveal more facets of yourself that are now integrating together with yourself. But you're not here to save humanity. That's part of that image that you're casting upon the earth. You need to let that go. It's great to help people, but you're not doing it as a means to an end. You're not doing it so, okay, only I can do it. Only I can save these people. And there's abilities that I have as well, too. And it feels like that at times where you're getting all this knowledge and you're trying to apply this knowledge. And the ego says, oh, come on, you're going to save the planet with this. I said, that's not what it's about. It's not about that. It's the idea that you're just seeing more facets of itself. In the nicest way that I can put this, and I'm not saying it in the way that's trying to be arrogant or in that way, uh, you're really here to see more of yourself. You're really here to be, in a way, selfish. Now, I basically replaced that word selfish with selfness. Everybody that you come in contact with is you. And all you're doing is you're unpeeling these veils, you're unpeeling these layers, and you're seeing yourself through that person because you don't know anyone else other than yourself. There is only you as the subject eternally. I could never step into your shoes, Laura. And so, okay, this is exactly what Laura's about from head to toe, everything. I couldn't do that, right? Because you are your own subject. I am my own subject. Therefore, I as the subject is all that resides within my realization of being, just as Laura is all that she knows pertaining to the subject of her being. Okay, so you're basically getting to know yourself through everyone and everything that you come in contact with. It's a beautiful thing. And you want to help those facets of yourself because they're you. But it really just comes down into the nature of living a life of selfness. That's why I don't say selfish, because when I look at selfish, you know, we're cocky, we're arrogant, it's we're up for number one, we'll walk over people. And that's not what's being talked about. Sure. So this is why I use the name uh, selfness is that you're being a lot more aware of your own selfness by working together with all facets of the planet that are helping you in partnership to understand more of yourself. But you really are here to understand yourself. You're not here for anybody else's sake. Okay. So then our purpose here is to work on ourselves to really know who we are. To really Mm -hmm. know who you are. 
because everybody has a facet of you. It's, it's like a spark. You're seeing the spark inside the heart of every person, of every animal, of every part of nature, of everything. And when you get to see them as you see yourself divinely, it's like a treasure chest is opening up. And you see that spark of that person. You see their love. You feel their compassion. And that bonds with you. So it's like you're just going through all these infinite amount of treasure chests. And when you humble yourself, that treasure chest within that person, within that animal, within that plant, with that location, with that event, opens itself up and that light bonds together with you. So it's you just being able to grow and to expand. It's like you're walking around this hallway that has all of these locked doors. And the only way that you're going to open these doors is when you surrender is when you're humble, is when you're calm, is when you're here, is when you're in the center. Once you surrender and say, okay, I have no expectations of this, I'm just going to open the door and whatever comes is whatever comes. The door opens up, there's a light and it comes in together. So there's a person that stands there. There's an event that stands there. Here's a family that stands there, whatever it may be. And you're at peace with it. And now you integrate with those facets of yourself. Family is you. You have never met anybody outside of you ever. So this again is me looking at you right now, facet of me, you looking at me, facet of you, but you've never experienced anybody outside of your own subject. You are the subject. There is no other subject. And that's the beautiful truth of the matter. There's only just you here. Wow. Okay. So what is your take on spirit guides? Well, you will have guidance in many different forms. It can come through people. It can come through animals. It can come through events. It could come through an email that you get. It can come through a commercial that you see on TV. Something strikes a chord with you that gets your attention for you to move in a much more expansive way. So spirit guides can be very literal. They can come to you in dreams. They may appear as an angelic force or in that way. But guides come in many different forms. It's not always so metaphysical or new agey. But they, oh, I had this beautiful angel. Okay, that's great. You have an angel. Fantastic. That's great. But it doesn't always have to come in that way. It can come through a stranger on the street. And they just say something. And the word that they say strikes a chord with you so much that it encourages you to go in a new direction. Well, there you go. That person functioned as a guide. So guides, really, we don't have to say spirit guides. It's just guides and helpers, runners, supporters. Everything here on this planet, everything here in life is here to guide you. Because what is life trying to help you do? It's helping you to reveal yourself. It's like all those locked doors down this infinite hallway. You'll get clues. You'll get keys. You'll get keys dropped in your hand. And so, okay, just go over there and open this door. Okay, here's the room number. There's the door number. Just connect. Oh, well, how did I get this? Blah, blah, blah. And we're asking a thousand and one questions, and that's preventing us from opening the door. And so, well, you're going to miss this opportunity. You're going to miss the boat. That door is going to start to fade away, and it's not going to come by for a greater deal of time. So rather than asking a thousand and one questions, trust with what you receive and open the door with the key that you've been given. And that's what the, the guides all together that can be in spirit or otherwise, but they're trying to help you to open these doors and encourage you to reveal yourself. Because this is, again, what you're trying to tell yourself is that just expand yourself. Be the living God that you are. This is the whole idea that you are Godhood, that you are the very God that you have been looking for. We have a lot of religions that are talking about the idea that maybe there's one God or maybe that there's many gods in that way. And that's all fine. It's all great. But again, who is it that's receiving all that knowledge? You are. So you're talking about God, or you're talking about gods, or you're talking about how things are godless. 
and that there is no God. All the more reason, though, it's the idea that you're still being the subject. You cannot escape being the subject. You will always be you, mm -hmm. whether you're in a right, body or exactly. not. So before I ask our final question, is there anything else that you wanted to make sure that we talked about today? Yeah, people can look up my websites. There's two that you can check out. The first one is newearthteachings.com. That's where I do private sessions. I can do it through video or I can do it through emails. And I also have my metaphysical store, which is called Etherix. It's A-E-T-H-E-R-X.co. And with a lot of the healing work I've been doing over the years, I've been able to apply healing technology into common everyday items. They have been truly profound. You can just go through the testimonials and see for yourself about how much it is helping other people working with this particular healing technology. And that is available for anybody worldwide. So there's etherics.co and there is newerteachings.com. Wonderful. And I will make sure that all of that is in the show notes so that people can easily find that information. So Brad, this has just been such an insightful conversation so far. To help wrap up our interview, I was wondering if Adronis had a message to share with the collective for the time that they hear this message. Okay. Yeah. So for that to happen, it just takes me a moment to bring myself into that state to connect with him. It's not so much that it takes a lot of time. It's just the idea that I'm kind of getting myself out of the way so that he comes through. Really comes very quickly. You may hear me just doing some chanting and also doing what's known as orbiting. That is just me helping to align to his frequency. So nothing's happening to me that's intimidating in any way. This is just how I connect with him. Got it. So I will go ahead and just take a moment to bring him through and he can say a farewell message. Thank you. Okay. Here we go. Bid you greetings and thank you very much for the opportunity of this interaction today. I am Adronis of Sirius, sending love, appreciation, and gratitude to all who are tuning in to this broadcast being brought forward through your internet collective consciousness. We have been asked at this time to convey a final message to conclude the discussion or discourse relating to this timing of interaction. We want all of you to know that everything that you know life to be is family, because we know that humanity holds family in the highest regard. But what we would suggest you look at in this way is the nature of how life itself truly is family in all facets, in all degrees, in all relationship that you can forge through life. Behold family. Looking into how your own environment interacts with you Behold family. Looking into how your neighbors, your family, your friends, people whom you have not yet met consciously. Behold family. 
The animals, the beautiful animals that are upon your planet in all shapes and sizes and forms and personalities, behold your family. Mother Nature, in all of her forms, shapes, sizes, and personality, behold your family. Everything that represents life is the nature of your family altogether, and we would suggest that you are spending much more time with family, which means you are spending much more time with life. When you get caught up in the cobweb of an idea, of a situation, of an altercation, of something that brings about great conflict, what you are doing is you are keeping yourself in a type of suspension. And that suspension really is no more different than being caught and being frozen in time. A suspended animation, as it were. And the only way to get past that is to humble yourself, is to let go, is to realize that there is everything here that is you. Letting all of that fall away, as Brad has discussed with you, that it really is all about the breath, that it really is all about calming yourself, that it is all about the idea that you are now agreeing not to hold these limitations pertaining to some form of contrived identity, preventing you from seeing the true family that is life. We want you to know that you do have life extensions of family that succeed past your own planet. You want to be aware that you have family in, shall we say, extended places far beyond your planet. And they are also here for you. But to connect with them is to welcome yourself into knowing that they are there. You see, we can convince, as you would say, until the cows come home or try to convince you that we are here. But if you do not in any way accept that, it stays as a shadow. Realize that the universe itself is indeed this beehive, this honeycomb, with an infinite amount of cells. And every cell within this honeycomb represents a family, a, shall we say, facet, a fractal of life that you have the capability to connect with. Do not be bashful. Do not be shy in being able to understand more of yourself just by working with humility, working with love, working with compassion, because these are the natural fruits of yourself. It's not something you have to acquire. It's not something that you need to obtain. You are very much that love. You are very much that compassion. You are very much that humility. You are very much the center because everything emerges from the center. And when you come back into the center and live in the center, you will therefore be able to realize just how extensive life is when the center tells you everything, for it is the truth. This we want to remind you of as the nature of life being family. We thank you for the opportunity of this interaction. I am Adronis of Sirius. We will now conclude and return to the conduit. Goodbye for now.
Okay, great. Thank you very much, everybody, for tuning into this. I hope you've enjoyed it. And that was a drums. Yeah. Well, thank you to him, too, for coming in and giving that amazing message about family. And it's very heartwarming to hear that even outside of this planet, (laughs) we have family as well. So just a wonderful reminder for everybody so that we can get them out of the shadows and bring them to the forefront. What I would recommend is just people keep watching this episode again and again, because there's going to be tidbits in this episode that you're going to receive new understanding each time you watch it. So that is what I recommend is keep watching uh, more of Laura's channel, keep watching much more of this interview, and you're going to find new realizations each time you watch it. I don't doubt it for sure. There's a plethora of information and knowledge in there. Well, Brad, again, thank you so much for your time today and for sharing your knowledge and your journey so far with us. I really appreciate you and to Adronis. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me on, Laura. Take care. Blessings to you. Appreciate it. And that was another episode of a Guided Life podcast. To connect with me via my socials or for links to my book titled Guided or my card deck called From Your Spirit Guides, please visit my Linktree site at l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e forward slash guided west. Thanks so much for tuning in. And until next time, love and light always. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show, exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.